And now, a word from our sponsors. Need a catch-up session on what you missed last week? Now you're listening to ArchD Radio, the podcast mix. ArchD Life FM, James here with you this evening. Hope you're having a really fantastic one. We have, like, this amazing show for you tonight that... Until yesterday, I didn't realise was going to happen. I got a wonderful call from the amazing Tracy Tessitore, who I've known for many years. She was at Blackwood Parish for a number of years. I met her there. Now she's working for the Archdiocese of Adelaide. She said, I have this amazing person who is coming and visiting just for a short period of time. They're going to be available tomorrow, right at the time that you're actually going to be recording the radio show. So that was amazing. Um, Would you like to have her on the show and I said well tell me a little bit about her and sent me through this biography and I literally couldn't believe what I was seeing I was like yes absolutely please it would be such a privilege and such an honor to have her on the show we'll, we'll get into her story in a second but um Anshu welcome to ArchD thank you it is a, a real pleasure to have you here I just want to make sure I'm saying your last name or so is it Anshu uh, Adikari Yes. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. I can now pronounce things in any language on my own authority. Um, you are the now you are the program coordinator for Nepal, Myanmar, and Bangladesh for Caritas Australia. Now that sounds absolutely amazing for people who aren't familiar with Caritas Australia, who they are, what they do. Can you tell us a little bit about? Yeah, sure. Um, Caritas Australia is an international development organisation with the values of Catholic social teaching. And we have programmes in different parts of the world, in Asia, Africa, Pacific, and we also have in Australia, which is First Nations programmes. So the programmes are more about um, helping the community to develop themselves or empower the communities. It could be in in sector of health, education, or agriculture, livelihood, or whatever the needs are. So the we have partners in the ground who come and reach out to us, and they, they tell us like the stories and what they need from us. And then we from here we provide the support. It can be technical support or financial support, whatever support they need. So you do heaps. That's a that's a huge scope of things. And if you're doing all of um, Nepal, Myanmar, and Bangladesh, that's an enormous territory. H- how did you feel when you first got the job? Did it seem kind of like a little bit like overwhelming? Um, as part of the job, yes. But I was really excited to work for Nepal, Bangladesh, and Myanmar because I'm originally from Nepal, so I understand the context. I I was born and raised there, so. I basically understand the culture and everything, right? Brilliant. And I always wanted to give back to my community. Like wherever I go, I always want to like help my community. So that was uh, one driving part uh, when I got the job. Bangladesh is, I have lived in Bangladesh for five years. Right. So I know the language. I know the people. I know what their culture look like and everything. So again, it was like my second home. So I wanted to give back to Bangladesh. So it wasn't overwhelming to work for those countries, but overwhelming as a work. Yeah, in general. Uh, and clearly you sound incredibly inspired to be working in that space. So that's wonderful. The first thing I really wanted to talk about is kind of like going back all the way to the start. You've said that you're originally from Nepal. That was where you were born and that's where you grew up. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like growing up there and what part um, actually growing up in, in a kind of a faith tradition meant um, in that space? Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up in south of Nepal, which is um, next to the Indian border. 
And it's a very small town called Birgunj. Um, it's, it's a five hours drive from the capital city. Very mm-hmm. small town, very like normal, you know, not hi-fi, not, not a fancy things, not great infrastructure. Um, in that town, you'll see, because it's part of India, you'll see a lot of um, communities who follow Hinduism. Mm-hmm. So we grew up as Hindu. My parents are Hindu. My, my grandparents, great-grandparents, everyone has been Hindu. Mm-hmm. And, and so Hindu culture and religion, everything that we do is um, based on the stories of the God. And we have multiple gods. We have more than... this. Some people say more than hundreds, some say more than thousand, because it's, everyone believes that there is God in something. So if you look at the sun, there is God in sun. If you look, uh, read your books, there is God in the books. So every God symbolizes some kind of, you know, um, activities that we do in our daily lives. So that's how we grew up, like worshipping everything. We wouldn't... Um, there would be a day where we have to worship our computers or technology because there was a God in that. Yeah, <laughs> and there would be a day... Wow. We, we worship our um, books because the goddess um, Saraswati, she's a goddess of knowledge. So we worship that. Right, so in a way, everything that surrounds you, you're basically saying God is in everything. Yeah. In a way. So yeah. what's it like growing up? Like, what does that do for someone growing up? What does that do for families? What does that do for communities with that idea that, that there's God everywhere? I think something I have uh, found and realized that is different than others is the respect part of it. Mm-hmm. So you start to grow respect for everything, not only for human to human, but even for things, even for activities, even for culture or even for like the act of doing, you have a respect for it. So the value of respect is very ingrained in our culture. Was there like a, a particular thing that, that you can remember from your childhood growing up in Hindu community that you that would be a kind of an action that it wasn't essentially a kind of like a part of a religious um, sort of like festival ceremony or any kind of thing? Because I'm saying that because I remember a few years ago I was in Indonesia in in uh, in a Hindu part of Indonesia, and I we were there on a day of a big Hindu festival, and it was one that happened not just once a year; it's like twice a year, and there was such a feeling of not just an idea of religious uh, reverence or celebration. It was about celebrating everything that the community was. It had found its way into every aspect of life. So you saying that there's a God in everything, mm. it certainly felt that way, that there was that they were celebrating every part of, of their society, their culture, everything that was in it, and each other as well. So what do you think would be a thing that would be like a really particularly kind of like Hindu thing to do, a way of relating to one another in, in kindness or giving or, or mm. joy? What would, what would that look like? Yeah, um, in Nepal, one of the biggest festivals is called Dase. It is celebrated because um, it is the day where the good triumphs the evil. Mm-hmm. And something we have seen in our society, in our communities, is no matter like how much hatred you have uh, between the families or between siblings or there are like so many things you know that happens that people started um, uh, creating those distances but on this day no matter how the people come together and they celebrate the families come together and the siblings they come together and then they celebrate so this day is really um, something that brings people together and it's it's based on our 
tradition and culture. And is it also those sorts of things when they happen, when family finally comes together and they do it in joy and celebration, is there moments where you go, why are we upset with one another again? Isn't yeah. this better this way? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And now... Anshu Adhikari, who is the program coordinator for Nepal, Myanmar and Bangladesh at Caritas Australia. She's here with us very, very briefly in Adelaide. And uh, I'm very, very privileged that she's willing to spend the time with us talking about her amazing background and what kind of motivated her to do what it is that she's doing. Now, can I just ask you, um, Anshu, was there a moment for you when you realised that working in the social justice area was actually going to be something that you were going to dedicate yourself to um, moving forward? Was there kind of a, a, a sort of a, a particular moment that really did light a fire under you? Yes, yes, certainly. So um, I'm from Nepal, as I said, and um, it's a very poor country. Um, it's developing now, but it's it's very poor country, and I'm, I'm from a very small town with very less opportunities, and my life was very straightforward. You go to... You, um, school and then whatever job you find in your area you just do it that was your life right then um one day i got this opportunity to study in bangladesh and it was an opportunity made uh, possible by someone who donated fundings to give um education opportunity for girls in asia particularly for nepal and india bangladesh all those asian countries and i got this one and then i started um, the education and then the university in in different country, and it was much more holistic. You know, it, it was teaching leadership skills, all those different th- kinds of things that I would have never imagined I would get in Nepal. So once I got that, and I realized after that, like, wow, this is so amazing! Like my life has totally changed. My life perspective had changed. Now I have all these opportunities, skills. And I can go anywhere in the world. I can work anywhere. So I was so confident on myself. And then I realized, wow, this is such an amazing thing to have the confidence and the skills. So I want to do the same. I want to give back to the community where they can have the skills and potentials because they already have the potentials. They can have the tools and resources. So that was my turning point saying, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to give back to the community so that all these girls and boys who never thought they would be getting out of that place would get this opportunity and realize their potential. Hey, this is Emma. Hi, I'm Zach. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Marr. That's Tom. That's Riley. And now, this is Arch D. Arch D Radio 107. Live. So far, you've, you've done so much stuff. I mean, I was just looking at your bio that was sent through. Um, I'm just going to say this because you seem like such a humble person. I doubt you're going to say this. So I'm just going to say this. Okay. Um, you have uh, a great deal of experience in the field in Asia and in Africa. Um, you have project and stakeholder management as well as advocacy experience within the UN network in Nepal, Walawi, Bangladesh, and in Australia. You have a master's degree in public policy professional experience in planning, organizing, and coordinating, delivering community development programs in data analysis, results-based program management, and apart from your native language of Nepali, you also speak English and Bangla, uh, learnt from your time in living in Bangladesh. So, dude, that is super impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, through all of this, there's probably been so many amazing moments that you've 
experience, really meaningful, authentic moments that you've experienced. If you did have to narrow it down so far as your work in this area to one moment that that does stand out to you, that really holds a special place in your heart, can be, I guess, a big thing or a small thing. Like, would there be a particular moment for you that you would kind of go, yeah, that is always kind of the first thing I'll think of as a highlight? Yes, certainly. Um, so just recently for um, Caritas Australia, I went and visited one of our programs in Nepal. And then we had the chance to visit the communities. Um, when we work in our decks, when we receive the reports, it's it's kind of one-way communication. We read it, we understand it, and then that's it. But when you are there talking to the person who has actually received the assistance, and then they tell their, their own stories, it's life-changing. So these moments are has been really precious to me, like mm. whenever I go and talk to the community. One of the recent moments was um, I was talking to a woman who is a housewife in Nepal. She doesn't work. And then she said she was always reliant on her husband for income or whatever house expenses. Then she got the training of how to do an agriculture and sustainable um, agriculture farming and she started doing it herself. And then when she did, she started earning money and then she was like, okay, it looks nice, I, I can earn money. But now, after like a few years of earning money, now she wants to establish her own business and now she's like, oh, I don't want to ask money from my husband. I'm sending my kids to my to the best school in the city because I can earn more. I'm doing all this business. I'm dealing with all the stakeholders and all this market people and everything I can do on my own. I, I don't need my husband's money. And I was like, wow, that's that's amazing change. Like yeah. someone who was really not confident and, you know, was very feeling inferior because he has to ask money for everything yeah. and today she's like no i i just just don't need his money i'm, I'm very good and independent so that's that amazing because that's it's not just transformational for her life but it'll be yeah. transformation for her children's lives yeah. and probably their children's lives the stuff changes the trajectory of multiple generations yeah and on top of that it's not only about um money and being independent it's also about learning all the sustainable and you know organic farming and she's like so vocal about it like we should be doing this kind of farming because it's organic because it saves our land because it saves our health and everything i was like wow that's also amazing to to, to talk about this in this small village out of nowhere yeah. that you're promoting sustainability and organic farming yeah Act local, think global. Is that the, the term where they, they talk about going, even when you're so far removed from these big polluters and, and sustainability yeah. as being a big buzz thing, she's still wanting to do her part and sees the value in that. Yeah. That's amazing. Anshu Adhikari from Caritas Australia is visiting Adelaide very, very briefly uh, today and uh, you know has put some time aside to be here on our show, of which we are super grateful. Um, we get up to the bit of the show where we're discussing this uh, Sunday's gospel, which this um, this week is uh, Matthew 5, 38, 48. I would like to ask you about this, Andrew, because the question that that prompts in me is this idea of forgiveness and acceptance. Um, for you, have you witnessed in your life, in what you've seen, really gracious and generous acts of forgiveness and acceptance and, and seen that and witnessed that and been a part of that? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, 
few years ago, one of my cousin, um, I remember this very clearly because um, in Nepal we have caste system. So you are divided into caste and there will be upper caste, middle caste, lower caste. And people are born into that, aren't they? It's yes. like, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was like centuries ago when this caste system was divided because of what you work. So if someone who is working closer to the um, to the god, like priest, would be a higher caste. But someone who is doing some uh, work that is related to cleaning or, you know, cleaning the toilets would be kind of a lower caste. But now after century, it doesn't matter what job you do, but the caste is stuck with you. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's funny that the last name that you have is uh, represents your caste. Oh, right. Yeah. So people know what caste you are just simply by if you tell them your name. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. So one of my cousins, she got married um, and she's um, supposedly from the upper caste now. And then she got married to a low caste and she was loved every time. But once she got married to a guy who was from lower caste, everybody started like, you know, discarding her, saying her, look, hey, don't come to my house and all of these things. Wow. Yeah, it was very disheartening because I was very close to her. And then my even my parents were like, no, you should not be talking to her anymore. I was like, how? She's like very close to me. Then uh, later in like in a year or two, when the guy, they started meeting him, and getting to know him and getting to know his family and everything. So even my parents and my my cousin parents started to realize like, okay, no matter like what the caste is, the people are actually good. Yeah, And then they started accepting them. So that was a real moment which I never forget. And it has turned into a very positive experience for me because now I don't see the discrimination. I only see because people, how they are, doesn't matter what their caste is. Wonderful. Uh, we are here with Anshu Adhikari. Uh, had the real pleasure of spending the last hour here with her on the show. Thank you so much for coming in, Anshu. It's really been wonderful. Uh, to have you here. I hope it's been okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you said wonderful. before it was your first time on the radio, so I feel like double like the responsibility <laughs> to make sure it's been a good experience for you. Yeah, it's certainly, yeah, first time and it has been very good. Oh, fantastic. That's good. Okay, lovely. Um, uh, if you want to find out more about the work of Caritas Australia and all of the amazing things that Anshu is working on, we'll put a link in the show notes for the podcast episode. We are here every week with a brand new podcast version of the ArchD Show. Check out all of our other podcasts, including the latest school life content on our website, archdradio.com, and find us on social media at ArchD Radio for heaps of behind-the-scenes stuff. Or you can catch the show when it airs on Life FM every Wednesday night from 9, every Saturday night from 10. We will see you again very soon. Bye.